Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Y'all doing good today? Man, that worship has me amped up, too. I, I can't, I don't know, if you don't cry in that worship, then we're going to pray for you after service. And so, uh, I just, I love being in the presence of God. And happy Father's Day. Come on, man. Give our, give our men, our dads a hand. I just want to encourage you. You're doing, you're doing better than you think you're doing. I, I want to encourage you today. I know we all battle as uh, dads and fathers and just uh, some of the pressures that we carry. If you're uh, watching online, we love you. And uh, we just celebrate you today as well. Uh, it's going to be a great day today. I got a word in my heart for you, uh, just on Father's Day and uh, what it what it means. Uh, the 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 holiday actually originated. It was in West Virginia. A, a, a coal mining accident took place, and a lot of the fathers died. And so this church, uh, one of the wives said, "We're going to honor these men and honor these fathers." And and so it took several years, but. Uh, the, just the, the, that tragedy led to the celebration of dads and fathers and, and what that looked like. And so it was a, it's an amazing, you can study it. It's a kind of a cool uh, holiday on how it started, but um, not, not the accident, but just how they commemorated and, and just how the nation began to adopt it. Um, we have a lot going on. So real quick, let me give you a couple uh, uh, just items of business real quick. On your seat, there is a card that says, Serve Knox Saturday. This is coming up July the 10th. If you're going to be in town, I know many of you might be on vacation or hanging out somewhere and be at the beach, and we'll be praying for you because we still love you. Uh, but we're going to be here serving, being like Jesus, acting like Jesus here in Knoxville. And you're going to be at the beach. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're, um, we're, we're, going to, we're going to reach out to our community and right here on this campus, and we're going to have haircuts and clothing and food and it's going to be a great day. There's a, probably another thousand churches around the country that we're a part of in relationship with. They're going to be serving on that same day. And so uh, we're going to kick this off, Serve Knock Saturday, and then we're going to continue that. And not just a one-time event, but we're going to reach out to our community uh, once a month on Saturday and have food here and have uh, items and haircuts and just try to help people uh, stretch their, their resources uh, to the end of the month. How many of you could use your resources stretched to the end of the month sometimes, right? And so we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We'd love for you to sign up for that. You can just uh, click on one of those QR codes and figure out how to get involved or how to give to it and uh, be a part. And then we have plugged in today, if you're wondering about our community and you're like, how can I get involved or plugged in every uh, first and third Sunday of the month, we have something called plugged in right in our cafe building behind this building. You go down that hallway, somebody can show you at Connection or one of our team members, but maybe you're new and you're like, man, I want to get plugged in. You'll get to hear about your gift sets and how God designed you to, to get plugged in. I, I promise you, that God has more for you as you plug in. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of God uh, shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. And so there's a concept of being planted, of having roots into the ground. And so uh, you, if you uproot a plant over and over and over, it cannot grow. It's not going to thrive. And so I really want to see your heart and your family and your calling thrive here. Uh, and then today, listen, don't run out. There's burgers outside. Come on, burgers and bogeys for the guys. Who, who, where are the bogey golfers at? I'm, I'm one of them. I get a birdie every now and then. It should have been bo- bo- you know, burgers and birdies, but it, wa- it, didn't, it, it wasn't true. We had to be, tell the truth in church. And so but a couple of the hamburgers, one this service and then one for next service has a golden wrapper around it, and you might just win a big gift certificate to the new world of sports at Dick's. Come on, dads. And so y'all... You don't have like 15 burgers on your plate. It's one burger per person. But line all your kids up and figure out if they can win the golden ticket. 
Uh, we're going to jump into the word right now. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 13 through 17. And um, I, I just, I'm going to speak to uh, dads a little bit, but I'm also just going to speak to our Father in heaven and, and, and who he is in our life. And let me just say this. Um, if, you, if you don't have, maybe your father was absent or maybe uh, it was abusive or maybe it was painful, um, we have a heavenly father that can, 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 can fill that gap, I promise you. And it's through the, the man named Christ Jesus, who is God and man, and he can, he can heal that. And then also there's spiritual fathers. And, and many of you might be praying for a spiritual father, whether you're a guy or girl, uh, you've been praying, can I get a spiritual father? Can I get spiritual wisdom? And that's what this community is about. That's what I look at Mark Neuenschwager right there, spiritual father, come on in the house, Mark and Betsy, been all around the world for Jesus. There's other, there's other, I just, I just know your heart. There's, there's other spiritual fathers. I got to meet uh, Tom's daughter the other day and just talking about the wisdom in Tom, the years and the faith that are inside of Tom. And, and, the, and there's, just, there's just wisdom and spiritual fathers here. And so many of you are going, man, I need a spiritual father. I need someone in my life, but you don't ever get connected or plugged in or meet anybody. So it's hard to, to really get that into your life. So I encourage you, if you don't, not just the vertical relationship, but the horizontal relationship as well, getting some spiritual fathers in your life. Mark, I know your spiritual father, they got a hiking group and I've been on the hiking group with you and, and we walk in that hiking group and you're asking people about their life and, 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 and listening and, and coaching and loving and, and, and there's just, there's spiritual fathers here. That's why we do connect groups and get connection and because we need that in our life. And so let me look at uh, this Jesus moment. And here's uh, the Father God uh, giving Jesus a father moment. It says this in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to, to, the, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Come on, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The voice of the father. My title today is very simple, another form of ID, another form of ID. Look at somebody sitting next to you that you want uh, them to like you and say, you look a little bit young. Can I see some ID, please? <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you for your voice from heaven. We thank you that you speak to us. You're still talking today. You're not silent. Uh, you spoke to us through your son that in the times past and in former days, you spoke to us through the forefathers and the prophets. But in these last days, you've spoken to us by your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for your message to us. Thank you for the message of, of salvation, of, of total life, of, of whole life. Thank you for the message of completeness, that nothing missing, nothing broken, the sozo salvation life. Lord, blessed in every area. Thank you for life. You said that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but you came to give us life and life more abundant. I pray, if not, if anything happens today, I pray for an infusion of life abundant, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Another form of ID. Uh, several years ago, in 1998, I was in Europe, 
and uh, I was with my brother. We were on a trip. I'd graduated college, saved up some money, and we decided to backpack and hang out. And so I didn't know anything. Surprised I survived, uh, but we, we, we did it. And, and there was this, we had traveler's checks. Who remembers traveler's checks? Come on. That's like the ancient Venmo, somebody, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like the old school Venmo. It's like we had traveler's checks, and you, know, you had to, you did, and you didn't, remember, you didn't sign them because if you signed them, they were endorsed and anybody could cash them, but a traveler's check was like cash. And so we had the traveler's checks, and we had our passports, and, and we were in this one country. I can't remember the country, but there were, there were soldiers and machine guns everywhere. And like we went to the bank to, to do the traveler's checks. You had to go to a certain bank and we went and we had to endorse these traveler's checks. And I went to sign the checks and uh, I get up to the counter and there's a lady there and there's machine gun soldiers like next to the, to the kiosk, like all over the place. I'm already, come on, I'm a little nervous. When you walk into the bank and there's soldiers and machine guns, you're a little bit on edge, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I start to go to sign the traveler's checks to get some cash, they're $100 bills, $100 traveler's checks. And I go to sign it and I'm a lefty, okay, somebody? So, so you know my signature isn't that good, right? You know my handwriting is not that great. So I sign it and it do, I'm, I'm so nervous in a way. I, it doesn't, my signature doesn't match the signature on my passport. And she just says, no, not you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it is me. Like she begins to think like I've stole these traveler's checks and, I, and I'm getting more and more nervous. And all of a sudden the soldiers are kind of coming in closer to me and I'm, and I'm, I'm she's like, sign again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm signing again. You know, I'm like, it's, I'm left-handed. I start to, I'm left-handed. You know, I don't speak the same language. She's like, sign again. It's getting worse and worse. It's, it's not matching any, any better. All of a sudden, I, I'm like, I start ripping out other forms of ID. I'm like, here's my bank card. Here's, here's my voter ID. Here's my, I'm in another country. I'm pulling every, here's my water bill. Come on, DMV, somebody. <laughs> I'm pulling out every other form of ID I can because I'm getting more and more intimidated. And finally, once I pulled out a certain uh, form of ID, she finally recognized, okay, this kid, he didn't steal these and this is him. And, and, I, I, and I got what I needed. But here's the reality. In today's culture, in your life, in my life, there's an enemy and there's a culture that is trying to intimidate your and my identity. Over and over and over, everything around us is trying to intimidate the reality that we are who we say we are or we are who God says we are. Trying to steal our identity, intimidate us into, into becoming what culture says we are instead of actually having the form of identification from our Father in heaven. One of, the, one of the scariest moments of my life, I can remember, some of you heard the story, I got lost at a professional baseball game with 10 to 15,000 people in the stands. I was, I was nine years old, about 10,000 people get lost. And, and, and I was so scared, I finally get this little lady takes me to this little room and they, they ask my name and then they begin to ask my father's name and they call my father's name over the loudspeaker and I'm freaked out in this room, I am scared to death. All of a sudden, after about 15 minutes of them calling his name, my dad walks through the door. I see my father come to the door, and I recognize my dad, and I see him. But you know what? More important than me recognizing him is that he identified me. I could have recognized him all day long, but if he hadn't identified me, it wouldn't have mattered. He walked in and actually gave me another form of identification. He ID'd me, and I went from panic to peace in an instant. I went from panic to going, okay, I feel lost. I feel like my life's over. I feel like everything is done. I feel like I have no family forever. I feel like I messed up. I feel like I made a mistake. I feel like I, all these feelings that were rushing through me as a little kid, when my father walked in and identified me, all of that changed. I just, I just want you to know that you have a father. When I, when I was in that room, listen to me, my status hadn't changed as a son. Even though I was scared and lost 
and fearful and, and worried that I'd blown it and that I would never have a future in a crowd of 10,000 people. My status as a son had never changed. The fact that the enemy was using fear to actually change the status of me in my heart didn't change the fact that my father was out there looking for me, trying to find me by the power that he had to come and identify me. And, and here's what I want to encourage you with today. The reality is that even though the enemy might have you fearful or thinking like, man, I blew it too much or I messed up or I don't know who I am or if I've gone too far or am I lost, what, it doesn't change the fact that you are a son or daughter of God and that you have a father that's on this earth by the power of the Holy Spirit searching for you daily to find you and identify you as one of his kids. Man, you are, that is the level that we're called to live on. You and I are called to live on this level. And I, I just want to say this. I'm going to put up a, a, a funny little picture here in a second. But here's the reality. Do you know how scary it is trying to identify yourself? Like if you have to ID yourself, it is scary. Y'all know the book like, Are You My Mother? Remember that? Come on, any families in here? Look, I got this little book right here. Check out this little kid's book. Are You My Mother? Y'all know the story, right? The little bird and the mom. and Listen, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, where's the dad? Bird dads don't stay around. That ain't good. That ain't right. <laughs> don't be a bird dad. <laughs> I, 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 you ever seen two, two parents with a bird? Like, you never seen a dad in the nest? Like, bird dads are gone. That's the whole problem of this story. It started with that problem right there. It goes on. Look at a couple of these other pictures. Like, are you my mother? He said, he's walking by, by a cow. Next, next, are you my, are you my mother? It's a car. This is a good, are you, it's a big bulldozer. Are you my mother? Are you my, and then, oh, the cat's not, and the hen's not, and the, and the dog's not. Here's the reality. When we don't have identification and we're trying to ID, this is what's happening in culture. This is what's happening in church. When we don't have identification from the Father, we pass by anything in culture and try to allow anything that we feel that day to identify ourselves. And so we're identifying ourselves with certain groups and certain initials and all, all different types of things because we haven't gotten the Father's identification. And you and I have an ID called Jesus Christ on the cross of God that he gave his life and we are whole and we are God's kids. That's our identity and we don't have to try to identify with anything other than that. Man, I have an identity. You have an identity. You are already approved. You don't have to fight to ID yourself or approve yourself. You're a son. You belong. You're a daughter. You belong. You can go from panic to peace because of the father that you have in heaven. He's a good, good father. I am. Somebody say, I am a child of God. I, I just don't want to identify myself. And here's something else. Let me just say it in church. The word, we have the word of God. We have the living, breathing word of God. Can I tell you anything that does not, anything this book says that you are, you are, and anything it says you're not, you're not. And so you have to quit and we have to quit identifying ourselves apart from what the book says. It's just the book. I know, I know people don't like it, but it's the book. Like this is the book is the book. And it, it, I'm thank God for a book that's lasted over, you know, um, for eternity. Somebody, it would, it would existed before time began. You, you, I would, I'll say this sometimes. You don't want to take advice from somebody that hadn't lived 200 years. That's why it's so beautiful to have the Bible that doesn't change and the word of God that doesn't change. Look at Luke 3.38. I'm gonna give you a couple more thoughts about this today and then I'm gonna pray for you. I think that, I think here's our main battle in the planet. I'm, I, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I struggle with this battle myself. 
My dad loves me with all his heart, but I came from a divorced family and a and dysfunctional family, and so I can battle this on my own. I'm going to be real vulnerable and, and just open with you today. Here, here's, the, I think, the, the, the reality of the battle. Even for Christians, here's the reality of the battle. Luke 3.38, it says this, Then the son of Enish, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Very simple scripture, but look what it says. The son of Adam, the son of God. The son of Adam, the son of God. God did not create mankind. God did not create people. God did not create human beings. He created sons and daughters. There's a difference. And, and that when we, when we fell, when Adam and Eve sinned, and when we fell, and when the garden, I'm going to teach you guys a little bit today, so y'all stick with me. When we, when we fell, when humanity fell, the battle ensued with the orphan spirit into the earth, the orphan battle. It was the actual thing that began to affect all of humanity. And the level of living that we're called to live on is sonship and daughterhood when it comes to God. But what happened is when there was a fall, Adam and Eve disobeyed, spiritual death entered, physical death entered, and an orphan spirit entered into the heart of mankind. And, and so even, even, and we're saved and we know that he's our father and we can claim that and call that out, but there's still a battle sometimes with that orphan spirit mentality. So the curse enters the earth and then striving mentality took place and, and we're called to be sons and daughters, not strivers. Does that make sense? And so here's what happened when, when they fell. Here's, they took on the responsibilities of the father. So an orphan spirit takes on the responsibilities of the father. And so in three specific areas, provision, you feel like you, you have to provide for yourself what ensues is worry. Protection, you feel like you have to protect yourself and protect your family and care for everything and keep everyone safe. Now fear sits in. And then, and then, and then promotion, you got to promote, you got to get ahead, you got to get ahead. And now pride and self-promotion set in. And so when we take on the spirit of the orphan and we don't have that father blessing us and leading us, we end up beginning to walk in things that we're not called to walk in. Genesis three, God speaks to Adam, they fall and God says, where are you? And he says, I was scared. So I hid myself because I was naked and I was afraid and uh, not, not naked and unafraid, uh, but naked and afraid. And so, so they're, in this, they're in this situation. And, and, and God says this, and y'all have heard me say it before, but here's what he says. He says, who told you that? Who, who told you that you were naked and afraid? Who told you that? Please hear me. This is the first time ever that humanity or sons and daughters had identified themselves apart from God's opinion. God's like, who told you that? Where'd you get that opinion? Who told you that you were ugly? Who told you that you couldn't make it? Who told you that you couldn't have a future? Who told you that you'd messed up too bad? Who told you that you could never get married again? Who told you that you couldn't be joyful? Who told you that you couldn't be blessed? Who told you that there's no hope? Who told you, who told you that? Who told you that you have to identify with that group? Who told you that that's what it's gonna look like for mankind? Who told you that? And the reality is we're still sometimes taking our opinions apart from the Father, apart from, from the word of God. And it's, it's, just, it's really a, an orphan Type spirit, and I just want you to identify with what God says to you today. Matthew three seventeen, God speaks. He says, "You are my son. You are my daughter, in whom I love, and whom I am well pleased." Three things that happen right there. Number one, God speaks to identity. You are my son. He's doing this to Jesus. You are my son. Number two, in whom I love, He validates Him. Come on, dads, this is your job right here. This is the simple job description to speak to identity to validate 
And he says, in whom I'm well pleased and affirms him. God, God identifies Jesus, validates Jesus, and affirms Jesus right there at the baptism. And, and that's what God is still doing for me and you today. And that's what we're called to do. And if you never let him do that for you, you can't do it for your kids. And, and I've got to allow God to validate me and identify me and affirm me so that I can do it for my children and for my family. The father identifies, validates, and affirms. Hear me, some of y'all are gonna get upset by this. A woman cannot affirm a man. You can, you can, you can encourage us, but you cannot affirm us. And that's what's happening in society and in this culture. Uh, we, we have fathers that were bird fathers and they're gone. And so, so there's no affirmation. Do you remember the story? Do you remember the story of Jacob? Jacob didn't have affirmation from his father. He was a mama's boy. And so he didn't have affirmation from his father. His father loved Esau more. Jacob was more of a mama's boy. Esau was a daddy's boy and his dad favored Esau. What happened? Jacob's mom, Rachel, took goat skins and put them on his body, covered him up and took him before the father to get the blessing. When you don't have affirmation from a father, you begin to pose as someone that you're not in order to get the blessing. I, I, I just think that we have a society that's posing as things and I don't wanna have to pose as someone that I'm not to get the blessing other than what the blessing of God has for me. I need to be affirmed by him. You need to be affirmed by him and he's here and he's speaking to you today to affirm you. I promise the Holy Spirit is saying, you're my son, you're my daughter. We've got this battle in culture right now. Bigger, this is, I mean, this is probably one of the most important messages I could preach. If you're a dad, if you're a man, if you're a husband, if you wanna be a father, if you are a father, like just this level in our society of what's missing and like, like what it can do for humanity. If you don't have any kids, be, be a father to someone else's kids. Mo, Moses fought this battle. I'm gonna give you three battles of the, of the orphan and I'm gonna give you some encouragement that's gonna help you uh, to conquer this. And uh, is this helping anybody? Exodus 3, 10 through 12, it says this. I think about Moses. Think about the orphan spirit that he battled. He was laid in a river. You never hear about Pharaoh. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Didn't have a father figure, was separated from his people, lived in sin, in a culture of sin in Egypt. Ephesians talk, or Hebrews talks about his faith to choose the suffering with his people than the pleasures of the world. Come on. Some of us need to t step in faith like that a little bit more and choose suffering with God, as godliness than, than the pleasures of the world. And so here's Moses, and he makes that choice, but he has this, this spirit. I mean, he's messed up. He kills a guy, buries him in the sand, right? And then he runs out into the desert to hide. And here's God speaking to him in, in Exodus 3 to give him an assignment. Many of us, God's trying to give an assignment to, and God says this, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Moses' first response to God is, God, who am I? Like, what's my identity? Like, I, I don't even know who I am. I, I've killed a guy. Who am I? God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to go with you. I want you to do this for me. And he says, look, I'm so, here, here's the first battle. I'm so dysfunctional. Come on, anybody ever fought that battle? He's like, who am I? I killed a dude. I got laid in the, in a, in the Nile. I've been growing up in sin. Like, who, who am I? God, you want me to do something for you? Who am I? He questions, like, his self. Isn't it interesting that he didn't question who God was at first? He didn't say, like, who are you? Like, you're sending me? Like, who? He questioned himself first. Like, remember back in the day when anybody could spank you? Any, any, your neighbor could spank you? You know what I'm talking about? Your neighbor's neighbor? 
They go to spank you, be like, who are you? You're like, I'm your sister's neighbor's daughter. Bend over, you know what I mean? Wow, you're acting a fool. <laughs> Anybody, you get spanked in Walmart from a neighbor. You know, you don't know who it was. You walking around on guard everywhere, acting, acting right. I grew up like that. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't question. Like nowadays, if my kids, somebody tries to discipline our kids nowadays, like, who are you? Who do you think you are? Like, right, they question the authority. They don't question themselves. Like, here's the thing. When God asks us to do something, we don't, we, we, our first instinct isn't to go, well, who are you? It's actually to question ourselves so, so often. It's because we've got dysfunction in our life so many times. Let me just say this. Everybody in this room's got dysfunction. Online, if you're, if you're listening, I'm just here to encourage you. We all have dysfunction. We, we, all, we all have no clear identity sometimes. We all deal with your moms, dads, bosses, leaders. No matter what level, some people's dysfunction is more obvious than other people's dysfunction. But the reality is we all have got dysfunction. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Dysfunction does not equal disqualification. It doesn't. I, I think so often the greatest destinies come out of dysfunction. Because God gets more glory. He gets more credit. And all of a sudden, it's like, God, you can work in me. Anything that you feel dysfunctional, God can get inside of your heart, speak to you, and overcome it to do something through your life and get glory. That's the first battle. I'm so dysfunctional. The second battle, God's showing Moses miracles in chapter four. He's turning sticks to snakes. He's doing leprous tricks. He's doing all this stuff. And, and Moses still says this in, in 4 verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I am so deficient. I'm so deficient. God's asking him to do something, giving him the power to do it, showing him the miracles he can use. He's like, I'm so dysfunctional. Second battle, I'm so deficient. I don't, I don't have what it takes, God. I didn't, I didn't, I, I've got insecurity. Come on, I, so many times, how many of us would think about doing something for God or stepping out on a dream or taking a step as a dad or as a leader or a family? I'm just so deficient, I can't do it. I battle it, come on, I battle every Sunday to come up here and speak to you guys. I'm like, I'm deficient, come on. I, I feel like, man, God, what, and, and then God reminds me, this isn't you, dude. It's not about me. It's not about you. Like God created you and he put everything you need on the inside of you and designed you not to be deficient. And everything you have is everything you need. Everything you have is everything you need because he designed you to have it inside of you. You are wonderfully made. And I think sometimes we try to cover up our deficiencies and it becomes like a bad toupee. Come on, somebody, it looks worse. <laughs> it's more embarrassing to cover the deficiency I was gonna say a bad Trump toupee, but you know, I didn't wanna do that, but I did it. <laughs> it's more embarrassing to try to, uh, don't believe here and be like, eh, that was unkind. It's just, it's a bad toupee. <laughs> Get a good toupee. You know, I think when we cover, we end up being more embarrassed. And I would just wanna say to you, like, like if, you're, if your deficiencies are exposed, it doesn't mean it's the end of you. It means that now God can actually do some work through you with his strength. Here's a verse, Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of y'all need to write this down leaving church today. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well, or I know that full well. This is on the screen. There's no such thing as you without the wonderful. There's no such thing as you without the wonderful. David says, you fearfully and wonderfully made me. You are wonderful. You have wondrous works inside of you. And as a, as a father, 
I want to speak that into my kids. I want to, as the father of this house, I want to speak that into you. As God, my father, speaking that into me and into you, man, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not deficient. In the last battle, Exodus 4, 12 through 13, God goes on and says, look, I'm going to use you. I'm going to be with you. He starts telling, I'm going to teach you what to say. I'll be with you. And Moses says this, verse 12, God says, now go, I will help you speak and I'll teach you what to say. Like, come on, wouldn't it be good to have God as a tutor? Like, I'm going with him to tell you. If I, I'd be bold. Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, please send somebody else. Like even he's gone, he's got this orphan spirit. He's got this fear. He's like, I, I can't do it. And he goes through every excuse. And then he just says, look, use somebody else. The number third, bat, number three battle, I'm so doubtful. I'm so deficient. I'm so dysfunctional. I'm so doubtful. Sometimes we don't doubt God, we doubt ourselves. And, and, and a root of insecurity will cripple us. And let me just say this to you. It's so important. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna give you three ways to overcome these battles. Insecurity is an insult to God. Our insecurities, because he designed us and he made us. And when we think we're deficient or we are doubtful, we're actually critiquing the creator. We're actually saying that he made us with something that we, did, we needed that he didn't put in us. And so I don't want to critique his creation. Like you are wonderful. You don't have to be doubtful in how you were made. Moses goes on to say this, who are you? And God says, I am that I am. Listen to me, you got to catch this. God says, I am that I am. What's your name, God? I am. So when you fill in the blank, I am blank, I am deficient, I am dysfunctional, I am doubtful, I am not worthy, I am, you're not only critiquing yourself, you're actually critiquing and giving commentary on the creator, because his name is I am. I am God. I am father, I am that I am. Really, it means I will be whatever you need me to be. And so here, here's what happens when this battle comes your way. You, you don't, you, all you have to do is say, I am that I am. I am, I know I am, so I am blessed. I know I am, so I am secure. I know I am, so I am a leader. I know I am, and, and so just begin to fill in the blank. Don't be critiquing the creation that God Put into you. The Holy Spirit is in you. When, you. when you met Jesus, and maybe you haven't yet, today is your day to meet a Savior, to get a Father that can lead your life. You don't have to worry and fear and protect and promote. Maybe today's your day to surrender. But if you know Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you, working in you to call you his son or his daughter in this planet. And here's the thing, and I'll close with this. The primary goal of the enemy is to separate us and to, and, and to get us to surrender our identity in Christ. It's the primary goal of Satan, is for us to surrender sonship and daughterhood in Jesus. And if you and I are called and chosen by God as ki his kids, we should be the most confident, secure people on the planet. And I would just ask you to stop calling yourself, dads, stop calling yourself, Jamie, stop calling yourself things that God hasn't called me. Stop calling yourself things that the Father hasn't spoken over your life. And I read a quote the other day. It said, there's a warrior inside of you listening. Be careful what you say. And the voice of fathers, listen, listen to me. Our voice to our children will become their internal voice. Your voice to your kids will become their internal dialogue. 
The Father's voice to me, I speak it out loud from the word. I say it out loud. I read it out loud. I let my ear hear it because when I hear it with my mouth and it goes into my ear, it becomes my internal dialogue. That's why it's so important to get the voice of the Father. And I'll say this to you. You're approved today. You're affirmed today. You're accepted today. You're loved today. And and here's the thing. You you cannot count. I'm 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 going to read what I wrote down. The orphan spirit cannot be counseled rehabilitated, or psychologically solved. The orphan spirit can only be conquered by being introduced to the Father. And and I'm not against counseling, you know. I'll go to it. But, But the reality is that spirit cannot be conquered except you meet Jesus and the Father God who's good, the, the Lord we sang about, or and, not or, and or be introduced to a spiritually godly father that can speak into your life and love you and lead you and, and encourage you and challenge you and hold you accountable. We need fathers. I need to be a father that's affirmed. Here's the three ways to conquer these battles. I got a few minutes left with you. I got five minutes. Don't check out on me. I know y'all are dreaming about those burgers out there. That's why we didn't start them before service because we want you thinking about church and not hamburgers. Here's, here's, what, here's what you need to do. Here, here's how to beat the battle of dysfunction. Number one, look out, not in. Look out, not in. You, you, you can do so much introspection. I know the Bible says examine yourself. It says it one time. Just see if you're a Christian. That's the context. Not like daily to see if you suck or not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, like, it's like examine, make sure you're saved, right? Like, like, but, but like you can do introspection, 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 and you can get reinforced guilt and reinforced pain and reinforced problems from the past. Like you can stir up any clear stream to be muddy water, like focus out. Like that's why we serve. That's why we bless the community. That's why we get on teams. That's why we focus outward. That's why we pray for each other because it gets our focus out and not in. I can't take your problems away, but I can give you something bigger than your problems to focus on. And those problems begin to fade as you focus out. Number one, conquer dysfunction by focusing out, not in. Number two, conquer deficiency by looking up, not down. Look up. Look at God. Don't look at yourself. Look up. Don't look down. Come on. You know when people are beat up and I'm just deficient looking down? You, 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 you become what you behold. Look up. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at God. Quit looking at your sin. Quit looking down. Quit looking at missed opportunities. Quit looking down. I was a pastor. In your early days, 20 years ago, I started a church in Dallas. Remember Shakaray? She, she was a beautiful young girl in our church, Been in a, was in an abusive relationship because she had an abusive family and no father. And, and, and looked down. she couldn't even speak to me. She could look down with her eyes, couldn't even make eye contact, came into a church, felt dirty, horrific. Every time I saw her, I'd say, Shakaray, I love you. Shakaray, I love you. Shakaray, I love you. For, for months, months on end, she'd look down. Finally, as I began to declare who she was, she began to actually get confident. She got rid of those dysfunctional boyfriends. She got rid of some things in her life because she, identity was coming into her. She began to look up, went to nursing school, Dallas Baptist University, became a mom, successful. Come on, look up, not down. The word of God calls you to look up. You're not deficient. And the last one, how you conquer doubt, look forward, not backward. Look forward, not backward forward, not backward. Don't live in the rearview mirror. Stop looking back. Come on, we've all got regrets. We've all got doubts. Did I mess up? And is it too late? I'm just telling you, your father, the Bible says in John 14, I will not leave you as an orphan. 
but I will come to you. The Holy Spirit right now, I believe, is coming to some of you. I pray the Holy Spirit's coming to your seat right now. Like, he's coming. You're not an orphan. Don't look back. Your shadow's behind you. Quit chasing your shadow. A shadow's made because there's light. Would you rather look at the light or the shadow? Look at the light. Look forward. I play golf. You got to look at where you want to go. I don't get up and go, don't go in the water. Don't go in the woods. Don't go there. Don't go there. You're going to go there every time. (laughs) You ever done that? Like, don't do this, and then you do it, right? Look forward. Don't look where you don't want to go. Look where you want to go. Conquer doubt by looking ahead to what God has for you. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for just that you're our dad, like you're our father. Lord, I just, I just pray supernaturally today for some men in this room that you would conquer the orphan spirit. That you said, that this is my son, this is my daughter and whom I'm well pleased. You identify us as your kids. We're not just humans in a, in a human matrix. We are your kids. We are planned. You've ordered our steps. You've designed our boundaries and destinies. You've set our dwellings for this hour, Kairos moments, assigned times and destinies for our lives, God. It's not coincidence or happenstance or luck. You've designed our days, God. We're your kids. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would follow and find us right now, that you would come into the room and identify some people right now in their seats. Identify us as your kids. Conquer the the orphan spirit that's trying to protect for themselves or provide for themselves or promote themselves today. I pray that there'd be a supernatural, just fatherhood spirit from from heaven, from the Holy Spirit to say, I got you, son. I've got you, daughter. You're in my hands. You're my kid. You're my child. Father, I thank you that we're, we're as, as your kids, we wouldn't have an orphan spirit. That I wouldn't have it, we wouldn't have it. We're not alone. I pray anybody in this room that's facing that, that feels like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to look up. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for a minute. If you just say, you know what, Jamie, pray for me. I, I've battled having to protect myself, provide for myself, promote myself. I've battled that. I've battled some of this. I need affirmation from the Father. Maybe it, you, guy or girl, if you're in here, just, just slip your hand up to me real quick. Just acknowledge, I need prayer. Come on, hands across this place. Father, you see every heart and every hand. I pray that you introduce yourself. Thank you for another form of ID. Lord, in any time we walk into an ID that's not ours, walk in the room and ID us. Walk in the room and speak to us. Just for another second, maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to him as your Lord, like really surrendered to him. The Bible says this, if you would give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. Maybe you're not a son or daughter of God's today. You feel like you're outside the family. You feel like, man, I I don't, I've got to protect myself, promote myself, lead myself. Maybe you're still a slave to Satan and sin and you need power to get free. You need God in your life. If that's you, the Bible says, give your life to Jesus as the leader of your life and you get a fresh start in God. Nobody looking around just right now, just real quick, online or in this room, if you need a fresh start in God, would you just put your hand up to me right now? God bless you, sir. Come on, anybody else? I need a, I need a fresh start today. I'm ready to surrender. I don't wanna be an orphan. I wanna be in the family of God. If you're online, just slip your hand up. God bless you. Come on, church, pray with me. Father, you see every hand. You know everyone listening online. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for dying on a cross, not leaving us as orphans, sending your Holy Spirit. Fill up our hearts today. Everyone that said yes to you, Jesus, give them a brand new fresh start. Give them a brand new heart. Fill them with your spirit and allow them to understand that they're your son and they're your daughter today. In Jesus' name.
mighty name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys so much. Come on. God is good. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.